some expression that I believe that. I didn't just sing about it, but I believe that he hears our prayer. God bless you. Thank you, musicians and singers, helping us on this 4th of July service. We are having service tonight. Uh, those that are in town and haven't had to leave yet, uh, we're going to have service tonight, 530 in the prayer rooms. Uh, 5.15, if you can, if you're not doing anything, come a little early and let's pray and ask God to meet us here tonight in a special way in our service at 6 o'clock. And let's believe God for a tremendous, tremendous touch of His hand. Folks, we need good church. <laughs> now, I know that's a subjective statement because how do you define good? Here's how I define good. When people's lives are transformed by the power of God. 
It's not good church because it was a good message or a good song or a good shout in this. The only way I can put, really put a measuring stick to it is was hearts changed and encouraged and lifted up. And if that took place and the body was edified and built, then we had good church. I don't know about you, but I want good church tonight. Sunday school, you're dismissed. Pray the blessing of the Lord on all of them today. got that toddler's class now and I think one to three is what it is and uh, I'm just so thrilled about that that those little babies are they're not just feeding them crackers in there they're spending time with them and, you know I believe it starts at an early age and uh, you know I've had many people ask, why do we keep them in here for a little while? Because I want them to be a part of what we're doing. I want them to see and witness the power of God in our praise and worship. That they can see when they reach that age, when they hit 18, that they don't just take off and go into the world. But they can say, hey, I remember some of my fondest memories. I wasn't living for God, Brother Ed. I just... Uh, a teenager and I'd go to that evangelist church man them old wood floors I tell you what on Sunday mornings them people got to worshiping God you could feel them wood floors get to moving but you know what when I reached that age of realizing I needed to make a change in my life I remembered those services and the power of God that I felt in there I want those kids to feel that that they could never forget, no matter how far they get from God, they will always remember the power of God in our services. And you and I both know what creates that. He said, whosoever praiseth me glorifieth him. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. You show me a praising church, I'll show you a retentive church in the, the younger age group and them sticking around with, with the age or, or the, the older ones there. If you got your Bibles, chapter 11, don't forget, I know he mentioned camp meeting, uh, but we will be having church here on Wednesday night, Lord's willing. Uh, I'm, I'm making plans too, unless something changes, I'll be back here on Wednesday night, and uh, we're going to have church here on Wednesday night. John chapter 11 and verse 1. I want to read the first few verses here of this chapter to kind of just start the, the, the context that everybody's on the same page, a familiar uh, story we know about and that's of Lazarus but uh, one scripture I'm going to close it out with and from there is where we're going to launch off into certain man was sick Lazarus of Bethany town of Mary and his sister Martha it was Mary which anointed the Lord with the anointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore his sister sent unto him saying Lord behold he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sick is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place 
where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now skip to verse 21. Media, if you will, have ready for me, probably starting around verse 2 is where I'm going to come back to. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. Martha's address to Jesus is staggering when he finally does show up, but it relays a condition or a positioning of Martha's heart in proximity to this miracle that's about to take place. I want to preach to somebody here today, don't die in his delay. Don't die in his delay. If you would, lift your hands and ask God to talk to us here today. Jesus, we need the help of your spirit, the anointing of your word. Let it penetrate, permeate, saturate. God, we're in such dire need of your word today. Not another sermon, not another message. God, we've heard enough messages that if you came, we are ready by what you said. But today, let the word of God equip and empower the hearts of all of us in this building, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus, master, in, in, in his timing. You know, there's a lot of, if, if, if he was here today, boy, I tell you, Brother Dale, I got a lot of questions I'd ask him to give me a little bit more detail of, man, why did you do it like that? Scripture doesn't give us a lot of detail. It just tells us the, the key points. But I believe the Holy Ghost today would like to share with us a little bit more insight to maybe the positioning and maybe the heart condition or just maybe the why God sometimes delays in his coming. I, I'll be honest with you, Sister Claudia, I've even prayed, said, come today, Jesus. <laughs> Brother Roy and I has had conversations and saying that I, I'm not, I don't need another day. I'd like to see more people saved, but, but I've said it before, especially those in Pentecost. We've heard some of the greatest messages. We've heard some of the greatest sermons, you know, and many have heard that. I, I, I don't see, that's why I ain't God. <laughs> I don't see no other delay. He, he wants to come today. I'm going to shout and say, Lord, I thank you for it, and I'm ready to see, I'm ready to see you, Jesus. But in the meanwhile, until we wait, even in his second coming, it seems like there's a delay. I've heard from many and, 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 and talked to many about the preparations of of, of his second coming and when he's going to come and uh, what, what the church calls the rapture proper is caught away or catching away. I've, I've talked to them about it and they've said that everything's in place. But yet still, Brother Ed, there's a part in me that, that looks at it and it seems like God's delaying. Well, if God delays and I've got enough wisdom and trust in him to know, but that wasn't the case with Martha, to know that God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose. The hard part for me sometimes is understanding the scripture that comes to us so, so, so many times. For his ways are higher than our ways. 
For his plan is higher. His thoughts are even above and beyond anything that you and I can think. It's, it's almost sometimes unkind to me to think it like this, but there are sometimes God just really ain't interested in what I think. Come on, somebody. I'm sorry, we ain't got the corner on it, apostolics, and we, we got the message, yes, I got that, but there are some times that I, I, I want to think that I got God cornered. <laughs> I got you pinned down. You're going to do this thing. <laughs> and God just kind of just does a little maneuver, and, and he kind of goes a different direction that I never thought he would ever go. Isn't it fun just living for God when God don't do what I think he should do? Somebody said, oh, God, no. I wanted to know that's the issue. Martha had a mindset, conventional, cultural, social truth. Lazarus is dead. I don't know how else you can define it. Dead is dead. When the mortuary feel they're dead. There's no chance of that change somewhere in her mind. I don't know the how or the what, but she couldn't see beyond what was seemingly impossible. And rightfully so. I come in Martha's defense today. Believe it or not, I know we want to damn poor old Martha, but you know what? I, I hate to say it, Sister Agnes. When Jesus finally did show up, I want to say I'd be the one that kind of just hints saying, where in the world have you been? <laughs> Don't you know the chaos and the crisis? Our family's in disarray. Everybody's bringing food over. We're getting the preparations ready for a funeral. Many things in our life that we have made preparation for, thinking that it'll never change. And we've done put a tombstone on it. We've done relegated saying, this is the end. This is going to be the epitaph. And here it is of, of many good saints and preachers of God. Here's the epitaph. I prayed, but. I prayed, but. It never worked out. And I'm here to declare to somebody, you need to look at that tombstone again and rip that thing off and say, you know what? As long as there's breath in a body and there's an entity praying with faith, God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could think or ask if I'll align myself with the things of God and the purpose of God and the will of God. We... This week, got a phone call and the sheriff set up his command post and looking for Morris. And I was right there listening to the intricate details that didn't maybe go out or this or that. And in the course of hearing, by the end of the search, it was pretty much finished. We're going to keep looking because that's what we do. But there's an element that in our mind, here it is, facts begin to say. Well, the heat, no food, this, this, this. And our mind goes down a checklist of why 
it wasn't going to work. Now take it to where you and I are. What checklist are we following down? And we're saying, no, this will never work. This will never change. This will never be fixed. This will never be corrected. This will never work out. This will never make it. I'm here to declare to somebody today, don't you die in God's delay. Don't you build a tombstone over something that God said, I ain't dead yet. I'm not just talking about naming and claiming. I'm talking about the promises that God's given his people. That when you and I begin to make up in our mind, God, I want to please you. I want to live godly unto you. Then God is going to turn. And they said, well, we're just not sure. And then I get a phone call yesterday at about four o'clock. And you want to know where he was? They found him laying in a field. And he was okay. I'm not here to thank you, Sister Jeannie. To God be the glory. His testimony when they called said it was such a miracle. But my mind began to think of how many things have we given up on that God's saying, no, 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 just keep looking. There's still life in that body. There's still life in that son. There's still life in that daughter. There's still life in that family. There's still life. Folks, we're on the 4th of July. What's the greatest message you and I can, what's the greatest message we could ever hear? For where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's the message to the church in the 10 time hour, wherever the spirit is. Well, if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there's the liberty, there's the Holy Ghost. And God can give you the freedom. The heart, mind, the spirit. Go to verse two for me or make it ready. I'm fixing to go here. Jesus is doing his ministry. The hard part with trying to get this through to the disciples is the message of waiting. Trying to get them to understand that God's got a time clock. And my cock and his cock don't coincide. Who will be honest with me right now? My cock and his cock ain't on the same synchronization. <laughs> I'm on California time and he's on God knows on his own time. <laughs> I'm thinking right now, God, this is now. But Jesus was a master through the pages of the gospel and the first few books of that Bible at trying to show you and I he's really in charge. And if he can find somebody that will understand his scheduling, it will take the stress and the pressure off of you and I. Here's what we do. We hurry. It's got to be now. And we've created that culture, Brother Daryl, that says it's got to be now or it's going to be so far gone. I do believe in an urgency of the spirit, but I don't agree with an urgency of my own spirit. What I mean by that is there are some things I think are urgent that satisfy myself that God ain't really deeming as urgent. But if I think the things that God have and I let them become a part of what I'm feeling after, the urgency now becomes front and center and it's not my urgency, but it's the urgency of God focusing or channeling through my prayer. It starts this story with Mary. Because it wants you and I to know from the very beginning what the key to this whole thing is. Worship. And what got Martha off, off base and off centered was she got caught up in fear 
worry, things she couldn't control. And then when God didn't come when he thought she thought he should, she got mad at him. Mary set the stage because Luke or John's trying to tell us Mary's the one that set the, if you want to know how to approach him, do what Mary did. Next verse. She worshiped him. But there's other components that go into the sister saying, Lord, they're appealing to him to say, now come on, Jesus. This ain't just about us. This is about you. How many times have we gone to God and we realize it's about us, but to try to get Jesus to move a little bit closer to us, we try to throw in the kingdom thing. This is really going to benefit your kingdom. This is really going to help your kingdom. This is really for the good of what you're trying to do when really God's saying, but you understand, I've got to delay for a reason. If I delay for a purpose, then there's something greater that I'm wanting to show the greater mass of people that they can see what I have authority over. I believe in this end time there's going to be people that God's going to purposely delay. He's not going to respond as quick as we want him to respond. And the deciding factor of whether I die in the delay or not is what personage out of this story do I become? Do I become the Mary that says, I learned if I tarry at his feet and I find, you know what Mary was basically saying? You got this little vanishing act that you do and I'm going to make sure that I'm as close to you as I can get. That when you decide to kind of just slide on out of here, I know you enough. Where Martha was all about the cumbersome. The work part, and it's a rightfully so position, but the greater part is that I know him, and I know what he's about to do, because there's things coming down the pike for you and I. I really believe so strongly, Brother Larry, that even the the, the memories of yesterday, we've got a similitude of what God did for us then, but there's stuff that's going to come to us today and in the days to come that even my experience of yesterday is not going to get me through right now. And what I'm going to have to have is a fresh encounter with him that I see him for who he is. I see for where he's wanting to go. I realize, folks, the greatest thing you and I could ever do is keep our relationship with him fresh. That every day, it's not just a stalemate day, but when I get up on Monday and I'm facing one of the greatest obstacles, I'm not going to let his delay to my response cause me to stop worshiping him or having a relationship with him or magnifying him. It's kind of like Brother Tinney said a long time ago, keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is not me getting my prayer answered. The main thing is me maintaining my relationship with him until the prayer is answered, whether he so chooses it or not. But my struggle is in this delay. Does anybody want to be honest that when God... I pray and I come out of a red hot prayer meeting, Sister Peggy. I'm talking one where I talked in tongues and faith began to move. I felt literally heaven kiss the earth. I felt the presence of God come in in my prayer room. And then I come out, Sister Sandra, and at the end of that, within just a couple hours, what I prayed for gets worse. Anybody get honest today? 
I prayed for her and it got worse. I prayed for her and it got more difficult. I prayed that God would bring a, a remedy, a, a reconciliation, a, an answer, a remedy to it. But yet when I come out, it looked now like he, he just went on vacation. I'm like, where were you just a minute ago in prayer where I kept feeling a witness of your spirit saying, everything going to be all right. Everything going to be all right. I'm going to work. I might not do it like you think, but everything going to be all right. And I come out of that prayer and I feel confident. I feel reassured. But then reality says, uh-uh, it ain't even close to happening. It's right then and there. I build a tombstone and say, well, I guess God just ain't going to do it. Or I guess I just miss God. No, 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 no. You and I didn't miss God. God in prayer. If God ever spoke it to you, then you and I can rest assured whether he shows up on your clock or my clock, he's going to show up if he ever said he would. Uh, but uh, there's always a but. If he's late and these girls are going, come on, this is your buddy. This is the one you love. Basically, here's what they're saying. I'm not meriting this. Do it because you feel this way. And how many times we've come to God and we say the same thing? Or we think it. I don't merit this. Do it because. But yet, they still didn't understand. Next verse. And when Jesus heard that, he said, and here he is trying to let the cat out the bag a little bit to him. This ain't unto death, but for the glory of God. It's hard to embrace glory when you're in a cesspool. It's hard to embrace glory and hope when things look so despairingly and difficult. It's like sometimes like this. And I'm going to be careful here because I don't want, if you said this to me, I don't want you to feel I'm speaking to you. But there are sometimes you try to offer encouragement to somebody. They're not in the frame of mind to receive it. You with me? I've had things I've gone through and somebody comes through and I'll have a prophecy. Well, but here's what the Lord says. Because you're going through this, you're going to be driving a Rolls Royce next week. I really don't care. Right now, I'm just trying to... I'm sucking salt water because I'm going under. A Mercedes ain't going to do me no good right now in the middle of a gulf and a storm. I'm trying to survive well, God's going to elevate, and yes, but the timing even of that, it's hard to receive a glory encouragement when you're looking at things that are impossible. It's hard to receive the fact that even this factor, everything's going to be all right. You know what he just said? This sickness is not unto death. He just gave them the answer. Right then, Sister Peggy, something should have rose up and said, there's my word. But see, it's showing us an element of humanity that it doesn't matter if Jesus himself encouraged me. Come on, somebody. 
If Jesus flat-footed looked at you eyeball to eyeball and said, I will do this, it still will not be enough for the human nature of you and I when hurt, problems. I'm trying to encourage somebody to understand. Your faith has not gone. Because even them who had him face, face to face, and he goes, it ain't under death. They still couldn't get that God is for me. Still a struggle. Next verse. And, and Jesus loved Martha and his sister. You know what he just said? He's trying to be kind. I love you, but you don't get it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I love them, but they don't get it. How many times? Here's what Jesus does to us. I love you. I love you. But you, there's something greater here I need you to hold on for. I'm depending on that old faith to rise up. And you see that there's a greater purpose I'm doing that doesn't make any sense right now. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It means he's trying to teach us and show us how his eternal proverbial metaphorical clock ticks next verse and when they heard therefore he was sick here's what Jesus says I'm going to hang out a little bit longer here's what he said it ain't bad enough for them yet so I'm going to make it a little bit more difficult I'm putting it in my, my terminology maybe y'all got the revelation I struggle with it I'm like, what? I just said we got a problem. And the dude's dying, dead. He ain't making it. And you're going to go on a vacation. I need you now, Jesus. My urgency is not always God's. And what he's trying to show you and I is, will I let my faith die? Or will I let my faith grow? I've said this years ago, old mom Chenault used to say it like this. There's a difference between faith and trust. Faith has a clear objective. Faith is this. I'm believing he's going to be healed. It's got a clear objective. But when the doctor comes in and says, there ain't no more hope. Faith now, its objective just got slammed in the dirt. So now what do I do, Brother Daryl? Oh, I pick up faith and put it together. That preaches good. But let me give you another message Mom Chenault gave, and it preaches really even better. Somewhere in my back portfolio or yesterday, I better pull out the word called trust and says, God, regardless of the objective, I'm going to trust you that you know what's best for me regardless of my faith. That's how you don't die in a delay. I trust him when I don't understand him. I trust him when I can't figure him out. I trust him when I don't know what to do because I know God's got my best interest at heart. God cares more about me being saved. This is going to be hard for us to swallow than me being comfortable. Look, the nature of the eagles. What's that mama eagle do when it's time for you to get up out of the nest? She go gets thorn and bristles. Every man in Pentecost has preached that message. Take the thorns, put them in the nest, and what you going to do? Them little pricklies are going to make you fall out. 
<laughs> sink or swim, fly or die. And God's more interested in trying to show me and you there's a greater purpose I got. There's a greater understanding I want to give you. I, I, I haven't stopped loving you. I haven't stopped helping you. I haven't stopped reaching for you. It's just I want to show you. You don't have to die in something that I said it's not over yet. You don't have to die in something that I've said it ain't finished just yet. I can take you to another level. And the hard part I find is the doubt and the unbelief. He says, I tell you what, we're just going to hang out. I'm going to hang here a little bit longer than I should have. It amazes me, Brother Mike. They just said, Lazarus is your friend. This is how Jesus treats his friends. Oh God, I don't know if I want to serve him like that. No, 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 no. That's not a negative. He knew. He knew. There's going to be a people that's going to trust me regardless of the roads they've got to travel and the paths they got to travel and life's allotments that have got to travel. You say, well, I didn't ask for this or that. Now, some things we just do because we just foolish. We just do things, no pun intended. We just do things because we just foolish. We make decisions that we shouldn't have made. How many times countlessly I made things and decisions I should have never made. I got that one down. But to the ones that said I made the right decisions and God is delaying in some things, you need to hear me. God has an ability to raise up things that you and I think are dead and he can put back on track some things. I'm not talking, again, I'm going to make it clear. I'm not talking about things we've done of our own demise. That's a total different story and another message inside of itself. I'm talking of saints of God that have been faithful. Saints of God that held on in prayer and promises of God and looks like it ain't never going to happen. I'm preaching to you this morning faith that says I'll reach all the way to Canada. I'll go to Zimbabwe. I'll go wherever I got to go and I'll move that tombstone and show you that my resurrection power is greater than anything you could ever experience. And some of you are just two days. He waited, Sister Dean. Am I making sense today? I know we all done heard Lazarus a hundred times over, and I could have gave you Greek. It could have went on. But you know what? I feel a rhema word for somebody today because we're that Martha. We're the end. I said, if you would have been here. And God's saying, uh-uh. you got to understand something. I'm working something you can't see. And the hard part, Sister Dean, is hanging on when I know he could do it. I know he can. That's like the cross. What did they say when he was on the cross? If thou be who you say you are, then come off of that cross. Could he have done it? Yes. But the greater purpose... The greater hope, the greater thing took front and center. And even he had to understand when he hung there and said, why has you forsaken me? Why have you delayed? Get this over with. Jesus died in the garden, not on the cross. His will died in the garden. He was ready for the cross. On the cross, he was saying, get busy and get this done. 
at a state in an hour where we're saying, God, you got to get this done because the pressure, the stress, the worry, the anxiety, the fear, the, the, the feeling of God's a million is greater than I can handle today. It's more than I can, I can't cope no more. Folks, how many people we got now that can't cope anymore? That's why they find suicide is the only way out or they find medication overdose or they find this or that. Why? Because that's the only way out. They're dying in the delay all around us and not giving God a chance to prove himself strong. Glory means power, doxa. What God was trying to say is my power is about to be revealed in death. What is so final, what is so hopeless, what is so never ending? Death. He said, I'm fixing to show you even my power can help you overcome death. He stays, next verse, watch. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea. Now there's a hurry. Now there's a hurry. We got to get moving. Next verse. And disciples says, master, hang on. You ain't thinking this thing through. If you go that direction, they're seeking to destroy you. Even then, Brother Roger, they're trying to put their analytical, geographical, Jacques Cousteau, navigational. None of y'all know who Jacques Cousteau is. We can't go that way. You can't go the direction you're wanting to go. And here's what we tell God. I'm looking at a death. I'm looking at something. That, and we're saying, God, you can't go that way. And God's saying, you don't understand. That's the way I've been wanting to go all along. My hardest struggle was trying to get you to want to go with me on that way because you kept wanting to go this way. That's like people that, man, I, I, I know this is what God's going to do. Bless God. God God's going to take me and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this, this. Yeah, but that's what you think. I didn't see a car wreck being the venue by which God would get me here, Brother Charlie. I didn't see tubes and all kind of junk going into my, my, my body and, and saying he ain't going to make it. He's going to die. Being the venue by which God would allow me to go from a different direction. There are some things that only the suffering and the struggle and the delay can birth in you and I. That would never come by fancy preaching or fancy singing or coming to a fancy church or a fancy building. I'm on the defense tonight or not defense, but I'm standing in the place of the Lord trying to tell somebody today, he's right on time. Regardless of what your family's doing or your kids are doing or your marriage, God is always right on time and he's looking for somebody that'll say, Jesus, I'm not going to argue with you on the timing. I'm just going to rejoice because you showed up. Just because you showed up. I don't want to be like Martha. God love her heart. I said it in the beginning, I'm here in defense of her. But yeah, there's other elements of her I don't want, Brother Mike. I don't want it. 
Come on, next verse. We're going to move quick now, says Tanya. And Jesus answered, are there not 12? There it is. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Duh. You think I don't know there's 12 hours in a day? Come on. You think I don't know how to tell time? Here's what he's saying. He's trying to slip in. Your timing is not my timing. And there's a whole history behind that one verse. I could preach a message just on the 12 hours. But he's basically saying this. Well, you think it's time sensitive when you put your... That's what's so beautiful about prayer, Brother Fontenot. When I get into prayer, real Holy Ghost prayer, not now I kind of, he, Jesus, love you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus, no, 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 that ain't prayer. I'm talking about real fervent, effectual praying where I'm calling out on God and something in my spirit connects with him in the heavenlies. When that takes place, you know what happened? I just stepped out of time. And now I'm seeing it from his eternal, timeless space. How you think a preacher preaches so hard? You got to pray fervently. You got to pray with a heart that's into what you're, why? Because he's trying to help somebody understand God ain't going to always show up in this natural time like you want him to show up. But if you can get into that heavenly eternal time clock, he's going to show up right on time. He said he stumbleth not. He's trying to give him a message. If any man walketh in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light. What he's saying is you got to get a revelation of how I operate. Because he said he's talking about himself in the daytime. That's him. Why it is now day. He's referring to the time of Christ. He's there. You got the light with you now. And he stumbleth not. Here's my question. And what the Holy Ghost challenged me with is if I'm stumbling, I'm not looking at the right light. Constantly. Because he said, if any man walketh in the day, we're in that day right now. And he's the light to my path that'll lead me and guide me. He said he stumbled not because he sees the light. My hope is eternal. My hope is in him. My hope is not down here. It's not in a matter of what I got. It's a matter in what I have in him. Am I ready to see him? Am I ready to walk with him? Am I ready to please him? Is my heart right with him? Amen. That's all that matters. Next verse. Quickly, musicians, y'all come. But if any man walk, here it is. If I walk in darkness... He's saying if I walk without the revelation that his timing is perfect. Y'all, does this make sense today? I know I'm shotgun and abstract. I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. If I don't get a revelation of his timing, Sister Gail, I'm going to be a frustrated, bitter, angry individual. I'm preaching to myself. I'll be sharp because I'm trying to grab a hold of a revelation of his timing. Everything in me says, no, I want it now. And God says, you got to wait because there's something. I'm trying to prepare. I'm trying to mold. I'm trying to get it ready. I'm working on this one here. I'm working on that one here. I'm working on this. And this is what we can't see. God's working on this family member. And God's working on that. And what right now, we may have a crisis in our life. We may have a valley. We're walking in. And we're looking like, God, this is personal. Really, it ain't personal against you. It's that his glory can be revealed to somebody connected to you. And when you and I see it from that revelatory understanding, this ain't about me. This is about God giving me a revelation that God's for me. And he's trying to prepare 
prepare hearts that are connected to me. If I understand that he's trying to prepare a heart, then it makes it a little bit easier. Okay, God, you got a job to do. Folks, that's why we live for him. It's to facilitate his work. He said, in greater works shall ye do. Works. What's he trying to tell you and I? He's trying to say, through you, my kingdom can be enlarged. Does that mean, Tristan, that every day it's going to be blissful and perfect? No. But here's my hope. He's using me. He's working through me. He's reaching my family. There's no greater thing you and I could ever do than to give to somebody else. Think about it, men. Think about it, mamas, daddies. Think of what's the greatest feeling when you go and help somebody else and you come back and you feel like, oh man, I did something great. It's something that happens on the inside of you. I'm trying to relate to you. That's a heavenly principle. When I give of myself in the kingdom, there's something that begins to happen in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit that lifts me up above the dead line of my problem and it makes me see God if I just keep letting you make me a vessel and use me there's going to be a perfect timing to what you decide to do next verse these things said after that he said and then a friend sleepeth but I'm going to go and wake him up next verse I ain't going. then he said disciples Lord Lord if he sleep he doing well next verse Howbeit Jesus spake of his death but they thought that he spoken of him taking a rest all symbolic next verse then Jesus said plainly, he's dead. Y'all thinking I'm talking in riddles here, but I'm telling you, he's dead. Why was Jesus so emphatic? Because he wanted them to understand it doesn't matter how final the verdict is. I can move on something. That's breathing. Now there's contingencies to it. You got to get your life right. I got to live right. I got to live God. I got to be honest with God. I'm not in the game. That's what I said. I'm preaching to saints today that have been faithful, hungry, and wanting to know God. Why is this so impossible when I know you can? Next verse. And I'm glad for your sakes I was not there to the intent that you believe. Nevertheless. Next verse. Then Thomas was dead and said unto Philip, let us go, we may die with him. Next verse, he's trying to be all spiritual. Then when Jesus came, he found that he laid in the grave four days. He's in the grave, Brother Larry. He's in the grave. You've heard me make an analogy before, before four days. Now last time I checked, something sitting in a hot tomb with no AC, it gonna stink. It's bad. I got a foul smell. There's even scripture that said, for he stinketh. How much of stuff we deal with in our life, this just stinks. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a few more smiles than that. This stinks. My life stinks. My marriage stinks. My kids are just rotten. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get a jiggle wiggle out of you one way or the other. It stinks. My job stinks. My church stinks. My it just stinks. 
Jesus said, let me let y'all know something. I got a way of taking care of your older problem if you just let me show up. Next verse. Now, Bethany was nine hundred fifteen furlongs. He's still talking about direction. They, they, the disciples still all stressing over the geographics. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary, confident and saying, concerning their brother. Next verse. Then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, here's what she did. Went and met him, but Mary hanged tight. Mary realized he's coming. And his delay don't affect nothing. It's going to be all right. But Martha, here's what Martha did. My God, I'm going to meet him at the gate. I'm on my way. Because let me tell you what. As soon as he gets to the gate, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Like the old boy said, you better hang on to what you got. You ain't got that much. Martha, hang on. Don't be so quick to die in your faith. Next verse. And Martha said, stand with me, I'm closing. And Martha said, Jesus, Lord, if you would have just done, now watch, here's the kicker on the whole thing. If you would have done what normal protocol was, hear me, God is not interested in our plans. And I say that carefully. He's concerned. But when we get so stuck on our protocol, our plan, our tradition, our way of how it's going to be, you and I are setting ourselves up for a struggle in his delay. Because that delay is on purpose, Brother Ed. Not because he enjoys watching you and I squirm and, and get upset, but because his glory, his power, the revelation of his timing is greater. And the greatest lesson me and you could ever learn, Brother Roger, is God's got a perfect timing. I'm going to pray. That's all we said today, Brother Mike. I'm up, we're going to pray the will of God. God, you heal that eye. But if God so chooses to not do that, that doesn't mean God. That doesn't mean the next person comes in. I'm going to pray with as much fervency for them. And I'm going to pray till they knock you out with that gas. And then we'll say, okay, Lord, you had another path that you wanted to do to show your glory to something or somebody that may. Can he get glory from healing you today? Yeah, but guess what? The people that need to see it, they ain't here. See, we don't calculate all that. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And he's just looking for somebody that just won't die in his delay and just hang on. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you no matter what, that God, you got my best interest at heart. You're working through doctors and lawyers and working through family and counselors. God, you're doing it all. Whatever you want to do, God, I'm not going. Here's what I desire. God, do this, please. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you decide to take a different route, I promise you this. We'd have a whole lot less stressful blood pressure moments if we could learn. The Bible says it like this, and I'm really closing. For the people rested in the, king, the words of the king, Hezekiah. True rest, Brother Ed, is when I can take God at his word and rest. And God's bringing his church to this hour of resting in his word. The words was going to bring us through.
words is what's going to strengthen us, Brother Larry. And if I can rest in his word, I won't ever die in the delay. Because here's the delay says it's over and finished. But his word says this. I have a power through my word to quicken and wake up things that is over. Is there anybody here today saying, you know what, Brother Benoit? Oh, man, I feel like I'm dying in God's answer. I need God to come through. But today, I understand God's timing is of the essence that he could receive glory. If that's you here today, won't you throw your hands up as a sign of just surrender. And as you do that, I want you to begin to make your way out of that pew. Walk up to the front with your hands raised. Come on, let it be a complete effort. Raise your hands as you come and say, God, I surrender this. There's a revelation in here for somebody today on the timing of God. And he's trying to get it through to you and I. It's not dead as you think it is. It's nothing more than me trying to do something in your life, in your heart. Come on, just lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. Come on, there's freedom here today. It's the 4th of July. What's he saying? God's wanting to give you freedom from the fear of tomorrow. Freedom from the fear of tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to die. I don't know if they're going to live. I don't know, God, if my kids are ever going to serve you. Fear of tomorrow. I don't know if that judge is going to give me this. I don't know if I'm going to have my job tomorrow. Fear. Well, here's what God's telling you today. Rest in the words of me, and I'll give you peace. Come on, lift your voice right now. As they lead us in this song, God's just encouraging somebody this morning, letting you know, I'm with you. your faith and your hope I'll trust you Lord it's not easy come on there it is sometimes listen to the words of that song sometimes it's not easy I know it's not easy I'm right there with you it's not easy but I trust you I love you today Jesus you're still the best thing ever happened to me Let the Holy Ghost have its way. If you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, Peter gave the answer of how you can have rest. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you rest. You let God's Spirit, the Holy Ghost that lives in you, to help you and carry you through these turbulent times. Come on, apostolics, we got the Holy Ghost. We're going to make it through whatever valley you may walk today. Whatever discouragement you may walk today. You don't have to die in that valley and become a tombstone of what was. So many painful thoughts travel through my mind. Oh, I feel the help of the Lord in this house today. For whosoever wants it, it's here. But you got to reach up and grab it. you got to ask him for help. you got to ask him that you're in a pickle and I need your help. He's not just going to give it to you without you asking. I need it today. Makes you seem far away, but I'll trust you. Listen to me. Just stay close. Just close your eyes. Don't look around. I ask that often and there's a reason for it. Please just, just close your eyes. Let me make this statement to you without a distraction. The enemy does his work of magnifying what's wrong greater than all the good that's really there. 
please hear me. He wants, you, he wants to magnify this one thing that you think it's the greatest hurdle and will never change when really you've got so many other positive, godly things working that he does not want you to see that. And your mind becomes trapped and captivated by the fear of that one thing. My man, if that, if I ever, if that ever worked out, everything would be okay in my life. You hear me, it will never be okay. There will always be another mountain. And a, you know what God's trying to teach us, Brother Daryl, is this. I've got to learn to overcome and trust God and thank Him for the things that He has done regardless of what I don't have. One more time, I want Him to sing that song, but I want you to change your prayer. Lift your head and tell Him, say, God, today, there's so many other good things you've done and blessings you've given me, God. Help me to focus and praise you for that. God, forgive me that I focus on the, 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 this thing when I know I should be focusing on the blessing of the Lord that you loadeth me with daily, benefits daily. God, I thank you today. I thank you today for the blessings. I got a roof over my head. I got a family. I got a home. I got food. I got health. I got strength. It could be far more worse. I'll trust you. It could be far worse. Lord, it's not easy. But I'm going to love you today, God. Because you, oh, you've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. Far away. I'll trust you. On. I can find the good to know. I can find the goodness of God. Not just the breath in my body, but I can find the goodness. I got a vehicle to get to church in. I got money to put gas in my car. God, I thank you for these things today. I thank you for a church family. I thank you for a building. I thank you, God, for a community. I thank you today for people that love you in this hour. I thank you for another chance to serve you today, God, and tomorrow. I thank you today, God. There's many things I can say. Thank you, but today God say look at the good look at the good look at what I've done look at what I'm going to do sometimes we just need a little reminder Jesus used the worst death and even that he said I can still work even at the worst situation. God's working. God's helping us. God's strengthening us. He's doing just what he said he'll do. I'll be there for you like a brother that'll stick closer to you than anybody else. God bless you. Turn to somebody. Shake their hand. Find a visitor. Welcome them to the house of God. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord today. Remember tonight, prayer rooms, 5.30, 5.15. If you can come early, let's spend some time in prayer in the prayer rooms. And let's believe God for a great, great manifestation of his presence tonight.